Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bill Press Pod. Well, here's something you probably thought you'd never hear anyone say. Please raise my taxes. But actually, a growing number of people are saying just that these days. People who can pay more taxes, people who think they should be paying more taxes, and while Congress seems determined to keep cutting taxes for the wealthy, people who actually lobby the Congress to make wealthy people like them pay more. It's all about income inequality, which they believe is undermining the American economy and creating a dangerous gap between the 1% and the other 99. They call themselves the Patriotic Millionaires, and they were founded by Erica Payne, a former deputy finance director of the DNC, who earned her MBA from Wharton. We caught up with a very busy Erica Payne in her office in downtown Washington. Erica, it's good to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. You are head of this organization called the Patriotic Millionaires, the founder of it. What's the mission? What's what's the goal? What's it all What's it all about? It's really straightforward. Look, um, economic inequality has reached a crisis point. It's reached a destabilizing point in the country. Seventy-one percent of Americans think the economy is rigged. They're right. I don't know where the other twenty-nine percent are. You know, but most of us have a clue that things have gone awry. It's gone awry in a lot of different areas. But um, but this group thinks that if we just start with some really basic reform of the political economy, that we'll be able to make some progress. So we look at it like this. There are three values we want to advance in the American political debate. Number one, if you work full time, you should be able to afford your basic needs. That seems pretty straightforward. We translate that into a $15 federal minimum wage. Second piece, we think people should have an equal political representation. That's what we say that we espouse to. Why do the wealthy in this country have so much more political power than everyone else. And third, we need some resources to reinvest in the country, you know, on a state level, local level, and on the federal level. So we think that the people who are doing best should put more into the into the bucket to make sure that everybody else can do well. So political equality, a livable minimum wage, and a fair tax system. Very straightforward. Yeah, I mean, those three things, boom, 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 right? And here's the ah. thing about it, Bill. I think that if we saw, I mean, my general theory is that if we can solve these things, we will have the cohesiveness and the stability as a society to be able to solve the big problems, the climate change problems, you know, things that are that are going to really require us coming together as a nation and making some good decisions. And so if we can't get people to a place of stability, then they're too easy to manipulate. The areas of the country with the highest levels of despair are the areas in the country that voted for Donald Trump. And what is Donald Trump's political strategy? Division, 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 and hate. You know, so we need to solve the cancer at the heart of it. What? So it's still it's unusual for somebody to say, please raise my taxes. It is unusual. Right. Yeah. 
How many people have you recruited to say that? <laughs> so we have a couple hundred members. And just to put it in context, there are about 500,000 people in the country who make more than a million dollars a year. That's your... Uh, yeah, so our criteria for membership is a million dollars in income or $5 million in assets. So it's not a middle-class person. You know, a million dollars in income is a lot of money, even if you're living in New York City. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York City. A million dollars is still a lot of money. $5 million of assets, that's a nice nest egg. So we start there and say, let's address that problem, get taxes raised on those folks. So of the 500,000 people about who are in that place, we've got 200 members. So we have some work to do, <laughs> I would say, right? Isn't it, uh, doesn't the definition of who's rich sort of differ depending on where you live? I think it does um, differ where you live. I mean, certainly if you have a million dollars where I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, you have a lot more money than if you have a million dollars and where I've ultimately lived in New York. But I do think at a certain point, we've just got to call it, you know, let's stop being silly about this. A million dollars just about anywhere in the world is rich. And if you feel poor on a million dollars a year, you should move. Yeah. So these are your three goals, particularly focusing on the we want to pay higher taxes. What do your members do about it? We spend, we do two things really. We basically run a large public education campaign that we do through an earned media strategy. So we talk to a lot of reporters and activists. We speak at rallies. I mean, the goal here is to let the public know that things have gone amiss and that we can fix them. That's number one. And then number two, the problem with all of this stuff is the last mile problem. And that's, you know, the technology term. If you get the um, the telephone pole into the middle of the town square, you still have have to get the phones and the wires into each one of the houses. Yeah, we have yeah. a last mile problem, and that last mile problem is right here in Washington, D.C. These lawmakers spend their time with lobbyists. They spend their time with rich people. They pay no attention to what everybody else needs. And so the group spends a huge amount of time on the Hill every day talking to these lawmakers, seeing if we can make some progress. And tell them this is one, one thing you consider, because if you look at it, Congress seems determined to Cut the taxes for the wealthy. They did a hundred percent. And under Donald Trump and Barack Obama even continued for a while the Bush tax cuts. Well and we actually started so the group started in, in two thousand and ten in opposition to President Obama because during the lame duck session of Congress, it became clear that he was going to cave to Republican demands to extend the Bush tax cuts for incomes over a million dollars a year. And I thought that was preposterous. You know, I mean, there does come a point where it's just enough, enough already, you know? And so that's why I think this group of millionaires, everybody likes to be rich. Good, great. You know, there comes a point where it's just an absurdity You know, and then you end up, I mean, one of the things our chairman talks about, Morris Pearl, he's wonderful. He was at BlackRock forever. And he says, listen, I am not any more altruistic than the next guy. I'm just greedy for a different kind of country. His daughter-in-law is from Peru. He's like, look, we don't want that level of economic disparity in this country. It's not fun for anybody, including rich people. So your members are on the Hill. They're talking to senators. They're talking to members of the House. Have they changed any minds? Have they... (sighs) I mean, I think we have. Look, so um, one of the bills that we supported was um, H.R. 1, which passed with 100 percent of the Democratic votes in 
that, that this is a democracy reform bill. All of these early, different. How to bring it, early one of the first 2019. bills. Early 2019. One of the first bills. That I think it was the Speaker, first bill, HR one. Yeah. Speaker the Pelosi first bill. Pushed, yes, and it's yeah. a whole range of democracy reforms from helping get money out of politics to extending voting rights and all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things that help bring that political equality piece to the front. We also passed in the House the minimum wage bill to raise the minimum wage to $15 mm-hmm. an hour and eliminate the tipped wage. Now, of course, it's sitting in the graveyard of Mitch McConnell, you know, and his like refusal to bring anything up for a vote. But minimum wage is lower today by 30 percent than it was in 1968 at its peak. No one can live on $15,000 a year, which is how much you make if you make the minimum wage $7.25. No one can live on that. So that's absurd. But what's so more important... Full, just to yeah. underscore that, they're working full time, they're paid the minimum wage, and they're living in poverty. Oh, it's, and it's not even poverty. poverty. I mean, it's not even, and, and the poverty line itself, like that can be a whole nother, we can talk about right. that at another thing. But I mean, I just get your head around $15,000 a year for working 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. Can't I mean, this is insane. And what it does is it drags down the, the wage scale for everyone. So we're looking at a situation right now where 40% of Americans make less than $30,000 a year. You know, and then think of the pain that they're suffering. 2.5 million people addicted to opioids. For the first time in our country's history, life expectancy is going down for segments of our population. Last year, deaths of despair, deaths due to suicide, alcohol, and drugs, higher than they've ever been. A great new study came out just a couple of days ago that showed if you raise the minimum wage by $1, suicide rates among that population go down. This is really a life or death thing. And we just gave these companies a huge tax cut. Let's demand they pay their workers. Right. I I do want to ask you just a little tangent. So a great article in the January 6th issue of the uh, New Yorker magazine. Yes, uh, it was fun. About uh, the patriotic millionaires (laughs) and about one of your outstanding members, Abigail Disney. She's awesome. Heiress to the uh, Disney fortune. Uh, And you talk in there about uh, the, the name patriotic millionaires yes <laughs> some of your members have a little problem with that they're a little okay. embarrassed by it well okay so i, why, I think why I, patriotic listen it was a very intentional naming back nine years ago when i first went and got these folks to sign this letter and had to think of a url for them um i think the conservative movement has been telling people a story the wrong story for a long time. What they've said to people is, it's your money, you made it all by yourself, and now the government's coming in and stealing it and giving it to undeserving poor people. And there's a racial overtone to that, by the of way. Course. It's usually yeah. poor people who are who are people of color. So that's the story the conservatives want you to believe. Well, I think there should be a different story. I think the story is that if you love your country, you do what's necessary to keep that country strong. And if you're a millionaire, what you need to do is pay more taxes. So it was a very deliberate name. Now that said, all of the members hate it. Although I mentioned in the article <laughs> that all of the members hate it, and we jokingly say that we set aside some time every time we get together so they can all fuss about it, how much they hate it and try to convince me to change it. And then I tell them we're not going to. We move on with the business but um but i mean it, it's a it's a deliberately provocative name and i really think that we have gotten to a place where when you who was this loser the other day who's out worth two point something billion dollars and he's saying if we puts a wealth tax we're going to destroy the whole economy and these people are just like utterly full of it, it I, I can't even believe we give them airtime you know i mean come on yeah 
But no, but patriotic millionaires, it, it catches your attention. It catches it, your attention, it no, does. No, and, then, a, and that's the point, you know, because here's the thing. The millionaire class destroyed this country and is in the process of destroying the country. The reason that you are poor if you are or the reason that you are struggling if you are, there's a good chance that some millionaires had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, this peer group needs to get in a fight with the rest of its peer group and encourage them to do the right thing here. Right. And so in, that's a good point. In addition to lobbying members of Congress, your members are also lobbying their yeah. fellow They're lobbying their, their fellow members. Yeah. yeah, I mean, here's the thing. And it, they're at least bringing up the conversation. So what is not a secret anymore is that your greed and selfishness is destroying the country and that you are not doing the right thing. There are so many millionaires who are not doing the right thing, it's time to call them on it. So I wanted to ask you about some of the specific steps uh, that could be taken to improve the situation, let's say. You mentioned one of them, you talked about one of them, minimum wage. Yeah. Has not been raised in this country since? It's not been raised in about a decade. I mean, and put Longer, it this way. George W. Bush, I believe, right? Seven twenty-five. Seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah. And let me tell you something that'll really make you crazy. So I worked at a restaurant my senior year in college in Chapel Hill called Spanky's. I made $2.13 an hour. If I went back to Spanky's today and applied for a waitress job, I would make $2.13 an That's hour. That's the so-called I tip am workers. I 50. I am 50 years old. This is crazy. It's an increase in sexual harassment. You know, what if there's a snowstorm? Can't make your shift. You and the thing is, the law is that they have to make up for it up to mm-hmm. that whopping seven twenty five number that's going to get you all the way to fifteen. That doesn't happen. Wage wage theft. Can, I mean, it's too much abuse. Let's get that wage to a single wage. Right. It is happening at some city and state levels. Yes, which is marvelous. Marvelous. I mean, that's real progress. That's real progress. Sometimes you can make more progress in a state or a locality. But here's the thing. You've got a lot of folks who don't want it to happen. So you'll remember the transgender bathroom bill in North Carolina, my home state. Well, that was really not about the transgender bathroom. What it was about was they wanted to preempt Charlotte from raising its minimum wage. They couldn't get it passed with just that, so they wrapped the transgender bathroom bill around it to get Franklin Graham, the so-called Christian leader of the state, on board. That's how that happened. So, I mean, this is, so even when the cities want to do it, sometimes these state governments will prevent them from doing it. Or the hide behind the federal level. Yeah. They haven't raised it to federal. One other issue that's related, of course, and and the New Yorker article with Abigail Disney talks about that, is executive compensation. Out of control. I mean, it's... (laughs) Ridiculous. They they mentioned the president of Disney at one time getting 1,400 times uh, paid in his income. The average Disney worker, I mean obscene no it's obscene and here's the thing is that an issue that you're you're oh yes and so actually we have to look forward to on um next week abigail disney is going to be testifying in front of the california legislature on a bill to tax excessive ceo compensation we've got a hearing on that next week it's sb 37 it's a fantastic bill it would just add a different kind of incentive into the program right um is there but but it's not even I mean it's worse than that. So the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, you know, he's 1400 times. I that's miserable and insane. You know, the CEO of The Gap, his number is 3000 about 3400 
times. Now, just to put this in context, okay, in the mid 60s, the CEO to worker ratio was around 20, you know, 20, 30, kind of like in that range, 20 or to, to one. I mean, around that range. So you're look at what has happened. Is are these CEOs that much better than all the CEOs we've had for decades before that? The answer is no. They control their boards and they push through these compensation packages and nobody's stopping them. Right. Uh, and I, I think economists say that the 20% or whatever is standard, normal, right, or expected, if you will, because of the responsibilities and all that. But when you get up to 200, 500, 1,000, 3,000. 200, 500. And I mean, the thing is, I don't know if these people have been reading their own press releases or not, but they surely do think they deserve it. I mean, I actually don't understand how a human being can look in the mirror and believe that they are worth 3,000 times more than another human being. I just, there's not a person on the planet who is that smart or that remarkable. And if there is one or two, you know what, let's just hold them up as a national treasure and we can all pay them, but they should not be in charge of all of our corporate boardrooms. This is absurd. Okay, Erica, we're going to take a quick break now, and then we'll uh, continue our conversation. Quick break here on the Bill Press Pod. Today's podcast brought to you by the Teamsters Union, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters under President Jim Hoffa, North America's strongest union with 1.4 million members spread across the United States and Canada. They represent workers in every occupation imaginable. Vegetable workers in California, brewers in St. Louis, construction workers in Las Vegas, bakery workers in Maine, everything from A to Z, from airline pilots to zookeepers. We salute the Teamsters, thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod, and direct you to their website for more information at teamster.org. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. back here talking with uh, Erica Payne, the founder uh, and the leader of Patriotic Millionaires. So the other issue, and it's the overriding issue, perhaps all of these are, are, are parts of it. And I remember early in the Obama administration, when I was covering the White House, that President Obama said income inequality is the greatest threat facing this nation, the most serious crisis facing this nation. Um, is it still, has it gotten worse and what are the consequences? Um, I think that it is still, and I was just going to say, well, I appreciate, um, you know, I appreciate him 
being an important voice in this he could have done a lot more when i mean look we started this organization during the obama years because he was gonna cave to these republican demands i mean that is ridiculous he did anything about it i just remember he said that yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think we have a problem and it's a growing problem and until we fix it it's either I think of it as um, economic jingo with billionaires. You know that the game where you have all the wooden blocks lined up. I mean, what we're basically doing is just pulling all the wooden blocks from the bottom and loading them on the top, and at some point, the whole thing is going to fall down. It's not. Right. It, it's not confusing. And the Donald Trump presidency, which I think confused a whole bunch of rich liberals for God knows what reason. I mean, this is a direct result of a deliberate political strategy that the conservatives have been running for several decades. They sure. want people to be poor and miserable. And when people are poor and miserable, they are easy to manipulate. And Donald Trump came in. He sees the opportunity, and he's about to take this whole country and possibly the world down with him. Right. Great and job, billionaires. Way to go. And from that New Yorker article about the patriotic millionaires, you know, I saw that since 1980, um, the the top 100, uh, the, the 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 bottom 60 percent of earners. Uh, have had no income growth at all, where the top has gone more than doubled. Through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, which and is it is is it any wonder people are mad and upset and you know ready to do something about it? Is it any wonder they've challenged the political establishment like they have? Of is, course they have. Is it? It is a wonder though that the pitchforks aren't out, right? Or there haven't been riots in the street. Almost. Do you think it could lead to that well, in this country? I mean, look, I think that you're seeing a lot of people marching on the street. I also think that the the lobster in the boiling pot doesn't jump out. You know, I mean, this has been this has been a slow drip drip um, on people's economic lives, and sometimes you. You know, I don't know. I think sometimes the, these millionaires fund grassroots organizations and things, and I think that, that that's obviously important. But, I mean, you're asking somebody who has no resources, time, or money to be responsible for fixing the problem that you caused. I mean, yeah. what needs to happen here is millionaires and billionaires need to get off their asses and call their Congress people and their senators and demand action on these things. And they're the ones who have access too. Well, so they're they the, number one. They have the access, and number two, they cause the problem. Yeah, right. Um, number three, they can fix it. That's the most important part. Even if they don't want to take responsibility for it, you know that this group of people could change this overnight. If twenty Republican donors called Mitch McConnell and said, "Look, give us a bill on minimum wage. Give us a bill." Come up with a Republican bill. The Chamber of Commerce has admitted that they need to raise it to the double digits. So we're not really having a fight between 725 and 15. We're really having a fight between like 10, 11, or 12 and 15. And we're having an argument about the tipped workers. So let's work some of this. I mean, this is not complicated. These are negotiations. Like, let's quit being in a fight and get something done. People are suffering. So here is a candidate who steps forward with a plan. She has a plan for this, like a plan for almost everything else. And I'm talking, of course, about Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax. What do your members think of that? Are they supporting that? Most of our members are really supportive of it. I mean, I think with any of these things, there are some details to be worked out. But generally speaking, you know, there's we tend to tax income. Income doesn't pick up half of what the difference is. I mean, not even close. What you're making in income compared to, and just to give people an example if they're not understanding the difference. So, I mean, I could 
I could have a pot of $400 million, but maybe only live on a million dollars or $2 million or $10 million a year. So I'm taxed on my income. My wealth is not currently taxed. Whereas if I'm just a normal person who has a house, my wealth is taxed. Now, all the rich folks, because I've been- As she points out, you're paying property taxes. That's a wealth yeah. tax. That's a wealth so tax. we already have a wealth we tax. We already have a wealth tax. Um, and it's really interesting to listen to these billionaires like machinate about how complicated it is. You know, I think if they wanted to figure out how to do it, they could figure out how to do it. This, it it's not, I mean, don't let the complication argument, like the complication argument is an absurd argument. You have to have a values argument. Do you think if somebody has accumulated wealth over years and years and years and years, much of it inherited, do you think that at any point that should be leveraged to reinvest in the country? I mean, that's sort of the the issue because right now, if I mean, take Abigail. I don't know how much stock she got at what point, but I mean, basically, that's kind of the story. If if I um, if my dad bought a stock, my dad and mom bought a stock at a dollar, and then eighty years later, the stock is worth a thousand dollars a share, and they pass it to me, I don't pay one bit of tax on that one dollar to a thousand dollar gain. If it then goes up to ten dollars over the course of you know goes up to a thousand and ten dollars, I'll pay tax on that ten, the gain. But that's called the stepped up basis, where mm -hmm. if you inherit assets, the basis that they're valued at is the basis that they were bought at. So if they've never been sold, this money just moves from one heiress to the next heiress, and it never gets taxed. It never does any good for anybody. So I just just within the last twenty four hours, there's been a Reuters Ipsos poll that came out. Sixty four percent of Americans support. I'm not saying Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax, but the idea, her idea for a wealth tax, that there's, that the wealthy should pay higher taxes on all their assets, not just their income. Well, and this so, is this is the so thing. Popular about, support is there. Popular for it. support is there for it. I mean, if you t if you poll anybody, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, and unaffiliated, and you say should rich people pay higher taxes, essentially all of them think that they should pay higher taxes. The only people who disagree are the. People who are making the laws, who are bought and paid for by the people who are putting in the campaign contributions. Full stop. Mm -hmm. One of the uh, same thing on the minimum wage, by the way. Right. A minimum wage ballot initiative has never failed in the history of this country, with the exception of one minimum wage ballot initiative that's that tried to make it so that you could have the eighteen-year-olds be paid lower. That one failed. Every ballot initiative that has ever raised the minimum wage has passed overwhelmingly. One of the uh, issue you did not mention, uh, although we sort of indicated it's an issue, is campaign finance reform. Um, so again, the people who write the big checks are the ones who can pick up the phone yeah. and call the member of Congress. Um, is that an issue that uh, Patriotic Millionaires is involved in, interested A hundred percent. I mean, look, the political equality piece is, um, is it's why we're in this spot in the first place, because there's an unequal distribution of political power. Now, political power comes in a bunch of different forms. So if you want to reform the distribution of political power, you can't just hit it from the money front, although the money front's a huge problem. You also hit it, hit it from the voting rights place, from the gerrymandering place, all of these other different things. How are people participating in their governance? But what is the biggest problem? The stupid Citizens United decision, number one. And number two, um, I don't know, these politicians, I mean, they could just say no. I mean, right, Nancy Reagan told us all, yeah, you could say no. Right. Do you ever find one who did?
Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, look, Bernie no, Sanders, Bernie, and you know what? He had thirty-five million dollars in his last yeah, haul. Right. And then, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Right. It is possible, but it's asking them to turn off this picket on which, from which they've been drinking they need, for so they long. They need to find a new way of doing business because the way that they're doing business is preventing them from doing the people's business. Right. Um, is the American dream that of I think we all grew up with that the next generation is going to be economically better off than the previous generation. Is that still alive? Is this still real? So I don't know how other people feel. I had a baby when I was 45 and so I'm now the mom of a four and a half year old and it has made this, all of this work all the more important to me. Um, I don't care if my daughter is more prosperous than we are I do care if she is safer you know and I I just personally believe I don't you know who knows the data blah 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 I think that we're ripping our society apart and that's why people are going into elementary schools and shooting people and that's why people are shooting people when they're going to a concert and I mean that's what I, I don't care if she's any richer I'd be happy for her to have half as much money as we have if she could live in a place that was safe uh, yeah, and both are a, a threat a threat today. Is capitalism still a system that works? Well, yeah, but I mean, here's you, you get into all of these things about like who uses what language and what do they mean by it, you know? I mean, so capitalism is fine. You know, the basics of capitalism are fine. I think the question you have to ask yourself is what are, what are things like monopoly power doing to destroy a capitalist system, you know? And how does capitalism intersect with democracy because they do have to an extent a natural tension within them all of which is fine you can navigate tensions you know but you have to have you have to have reasonable people who are capable of thinking thoughtfully through issues and you have to have people with good values to think through those issues to make the kinds of adjustments necessary so you can get the value out of your economic system while maintaining the um the moral clarity of your political system but there are more and more people today who uh, are stepping up, maybe send some unusual voices to say that unfettered capitalism uh, is clearly oh, yeah, the, the, not working. No, right? it's a, it's a, of course it's a negative. I mean, what we have, what we have now is, is absurd, but is, but is that, does, is that an indictment of capitalism or the capitalism as we are practicing it? You know, and the capitalism right. as we are practicing it is clearly not leading to the outcomes that I, I would prefer a more equal and more stable country. The capitalism that we, but here's the other thing, Bill. Everybody's like, oh, let's have like big, long, fancy meetings about reforming capitalism. Have your big, fancy meetings. But but the first thing on your docket should be raising the minimum wage. And the second thing on your docket should be not incentivizing corporations to move jobs overseas by giving them half a tax break. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, so so reform, oh, big highfalutin right. words. Let's just do the basics. They ain't that hard. And one of those voices, uh, I was curious uh, how, what, what impact it might have, and I th th don't think we still know, is Jamie Dimon with the Business Roundtable came out with a report in August about um, – Ref yeah, you know what? I can. Oh, okay. Blah 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 yeah, blah blah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So blah 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 blah. Purpose of re redefining the purpose of a corporation. Okay, good. So okay, let's all sit around and redefine the purpose of your corporations. Or Jamie, you could give all of your employees a raise and use some of your lobbying dollars to go talk to all your Republican friends about why they need to raise the minimum wage. So I just I can't stand hearing. I they're so full 
of nonsense. Jamie Dimon could himself probably fix this problem. Bill Gates yip-yapping the other day about how he wants to raise taxes. Okay, where's your lobbying team? How many meetings have you done on the Hill, Bill? Zero. So, you know, forgive me if I don't agree with you, if I, if I don't believe you. I mean, I think you're full of it. He is full of it. Where are your lobbyists? You know how this thing works. You know, your company certainly knows how this works. Jamie Dimon's company knows how this works. So if Jamie Dimon wanted to make forward progress on the greatest threat to human civilization, he would do something about it. He's not doing something about it. So he clearly doesn't give a hoot, but he wants to get the good PR of standing up and getting an interview, acting like he's not a total dork. Got it. Uh, is there any kind of, is, are patriotic millionaires or are you supporting any one of the 2020 candidates who, who you think would do the most toward achieving your goals? So the patriotic millionaires are not taking a position in the presidential primary. Um, we are taking positions in the House and Senate races. So what we are doing is we will consider endorsing challengers running against people who either voted against the democracy reform bill in the House, people who voted against the minimum wage bill in the House, um, and people in the Senate who are refusing to support either one of those. So we are working on those two levels. The presidential contest, I think base, I would say 100% of our members think that um, Trump needs to be removed from office and any viable alternative will ultimately be fine with them. They have disagreements about which ones that they would pick. All right. Uh, you got a busy plate. You got a lot going on, a busy agenda. Erica Payne, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Patriotic Millionaires, your website is? Oh, patrioticmillionaires.org. Patrioticmillionaires.org. Thank you, Erica. And that's it for today's podcast on the Bill Press Pod. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Erica Payne and to all of you. And we ask you one more time, please, please, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the Bill Press Pod by just going to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn. Look for the Bill Press Pod, click on subscribe, and you are in. It's quick, and it's easy, and it's important. And if you want to keep up with every edition of the Bill Press Pod, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Bill Press Pod, at Bill Press Pod. That way uh, you'll get all of my tweets during the day and uh, you will be notified of any upcoming and any new Bill Press podcast. Thanks so much again for joining us. Stay strong. We'll see you on the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.